Hi, this is David and Barbie Cooper. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's always a privilege to share this time with you. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. And for more information and resources to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, go to malparent.com. Thank you for your generous support. It helps the ministry greatly. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, the power of perseverance. Perseverance is one of the most important virtues of life that is crucial to our success in any endeavor. The writer of Hebrews writes this letter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, really to encourage God's people to persevere in their faith in spite of sometimes difficult challenges of life. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 through 39, he writes about the perseverance principle. When our faith is challenged by the difficulties of life and the distractions of the world, we need to persevere in our faith and never give up. Jesus himself said the one who endures to the end will be saved in Matthew 24, 13. The book of Hebrews was written to inspire believers to keep the faith regardless of life's circumstances and challenges. Now, this passage before us today in Hebrews 10 is a very straightforward passage. And it uses some strong language. I'm going to explain to you why the writer uses that language. First of all, he gives us a word of correction. It kind of starts on a negative tone, but something we all need to hear. Begin with verse 26. If we deliberately, stubbornly keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, that is the gospel, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. You say, that's a terrifying statement. Yes, it is. Let me explain to you why he uses this type of language. Remember, this is written to Hebrew Christians, Jewish believers. They've grown up in Judaism. The writer here takes on the role of an Old Testament prophet, like Amos, for example, sometimes used some strong language, or Ezekiel, to get people's attention. And that was kind of how the people in that era communicated. For you and me, it might be strong language, but they were used to hearing it. And so he intentionally takes the role of the Old Testament prophet and bring strong language they're familiar with to bring a strong caution to God's people and to those who persistently resist and reject the grace of God. Now, many people have argued and scholars about this passage of Scripture, and they get into the doctrine of eternal security, which we talked about earlier in our study. And they try to draw a lot of insight into this. Who are these people that he writes about? If we, if we who? deliberately, just stubbornly, willfully sin, just keep on living a life of sin after we've received the knowledge of the truth. I do not think for the most part this refers to God's people, to Christians. I think he's making a point. It's like the people in Noah's day. Think about those people. All those years Noah building the ark. The apostle Peter tells us in his letters that Noah's a preacher of righteousness. He's telling them there's a great flood coming. All they got to do is build a boat. He's got the blueprints. All they had to do is listen to him. But they just deliberately kept on sinning. In fact, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3, beginning with the verse 6, that heart, God's heart was grieved that it even made mankind because every inclination of his heart was on evil continually and violence filled the earth. These people were destroying themselves. But they just deliberately kept on in rebellion until the flood came. The people that he's writing about in the book of Hebrews are like the people in the downfall of Sodom and Gomorrah. There were five cities in the, in the plains and 
the desert south of Israel. I've been to this area. You can still see mountain piles of salt because of a, of a sulfur storm many, many years ago, just like the one we read about in the Bible. And God sent angels. Lot was there. He's a righteous man. Angels means messengers. They could have all been saved. They could have all left Sodom. There was a great storm, a burning sulfur from heaven. It's, we understand this from science, what this phenomenon is. All they had to do was listen and leave, but they just deliberately rejected the grace of God, the salvation that could be theirs. Think about some of the arrogant, self-righteous leaders in Jesus who rejected him, who conspired to lead him to a crucifix. And Jesus one times rebuked them so sternly because of their, their resistance, their rebellion. They knew the word, they should have known better. And he accused them of blaspheming the Holy Spirit in Matthew 12. Well, when he says, if we deliberately keep on sin, if we reject the knowledge of the truth, he's not writing about Christians who struggle with issues in their lives. He's talking about the world where the gospel goes forth, the opportunity for people to be saved. They hear it and they just attack it. There are those, some people don't know the gospel. They haven't, they haven't received it yet, but they're not attacking it. This is a spirit of Antichrist, I believe he's talking about, that's trying to destroy the gospel, destroy the church, just completely, deliberately going on their own way. He says that people do that. There's no sacrifice available. In other words, the only sacrifice that can atone for the sins of the world is Jesus himself. If we reject the sacrifice of God's saving grace, who else is going to provide a sacrifice? Who else is going to provide atonement? There's no other religious leader in the history of the world that ever offered to forgive people's sins. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Confucius. No one. Only Jesus ever told the world, I'm the way. Only Jesus ever told the world, believe in me, you'll have eternal life. If we reject him, who are we going to go to? So this is a word of caution to a world that attacks the gospel. They hear the truth. They receive a knowledge of the truth that can be theirs. But they just deliberately press on in rebellion, going their own way, rejecting the salvation. You see, Christ is our only hope of salvation. Jesus is just like the ark of Noah. If you miss the boat, you'll drown. That's what happened to those people. And that's what the gospel is like. It's the, it's the boat from the storm. And many people just deliberately press on. They hear the gospel. They hear the word. Maybe they're thinking about it. That's great. Maybe they haven't received it yet. Many people take that journey. But this is about those who just completely, deliberately persist and for some reason, just decide they're going to rebel against God. So it is a word of caution to that generation where that takes place. But there's also a word of commendation to us as Christians. So he commends these believers when he writes this letter. Remember the church at this time was under heavy persecution. The Roman government was starting the persecution about against the church, and it was a frightening time to live. And so he writes to them and he commends them. They've been so faithful. They haven't given up. They haven't retreated in their faith, even though they're being persecuted. And he wants to commend them for that. He writes, remember those earlier days after you received the light. That's the gospel. When you endured in such a great conflict, full of suffering. What an interesting phrase. You endured in a great conflict, a spiritual conflict. It was full of suffering in your life. And yet you endured all of it. Sometimes you are publicly exposed to insult and persecution. Many believers are today in many parts of the world, even in this country, now through social media, young people, business people, preachers, Christian politicians, 
It's amazing sometimes we're exposed to insult just through social media. People that get on social media and just attack a church. I think there are a lot better things to attack in life than a church. But sometimes we get exposed to insult by the world or persecution. They certainly had it from the Roman government. At other times, he said, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Think about that. The Roman government came in and stole people's property, took the deed to their house, shut down their business. You know that goes on in parts of the world today by tyrannical governments with believers? Why do they they joyfully accept it? Think about that. They had joy in such suffering because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. You got to keep an eternal perspective in this temporal world. They could take away their earthly home, but they couldn't take away their heavenly home. He says, remember that. You, you got through all of that. And now here comes the point. So do not throw away your confidence. In other words, your confidence brought you through that problem. Your confidence brought you through that trial in your family. Don't throw it away now. It will be richly rewarded. Confidence is a mature faith. The confidence that God is going to answer prayer that God is faithful. He says, reflect on your past spiritual victories. And we can all learn from that. Think about your own life. Great victories you've had. Battles you and you've been through and your family's been through. And God brought you. You prayed together. You trusted God. You got through it. Go back and think about those times. And use that same faith today. He says, remember those earlier days. Refers to the time when we first received Christ. Or the time that we went through a difficult time. And we all got together. And we prayed and we trusted God. And today we have a testimony. He said, remember that. And it says, treasure your faith. Do not throw away your confidence. Treasure it, value it. It's the only thing that's going to get you through the difficulty. He says, God will reward you. Your confidence, your perseverance, your patience, he says, will be richly rewarded. So he commends us and he commends believers in that day and age. Even though they went through suffering or persecution, they took it with joy. They praised God. They kept their heart of worship. They kept trusting God. And they saw great victories. And so have we, and we will if we continue to trust God. And then he ends with a word of a challenge to us. Because this book is always written to inspire us and to challenge us to a persevering faith. And that becomes the message today is don't give up. So he says, you need to persevere. And that's a word you need to hear and I need to hear. You need to persevere. We've lived through so many things in this world and we'll always face challenges of some type. God says, you need to persevere. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And he ends with this challenge for in just a little while. And he's quoting here from the Old Testament book of Habakkuk in the second chapter. He says, for in just a little while, he who is coming, that is the second coming of Jesus, he will come and will not delay. And he adds these words from Habakkuk 2 and 4. God says, but my righteous one will live by faith. You could translate it, the just shall live by faith. And God says, I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. And then he says, but we as Christians, we don't belong to those who shrink back, who are cowardly and faithless and live in fear and are destroyed by shrinking back. But we are those who have faith and are saved. Even though you may go through some difficult times, persevere. You persevere because the promise of God will be fulfilled. He reminds us to watch and pray for the return of Christ. He said, the one who is coming, Jesus, he will come 
in the sovereign will of God, and he will not delay when it's time. The trumpet of heaven will sound. The heavens will open. Christ is coming again. Press on in your faith, he says, and never retreat. Never give up. Perseverance is one of the most powerful principles of success and, yes, survival in the difficult times of this life. So let's take it to heart today. Don't throw away your confidence in Christ. You need to persevere so that after you've done God's will, you will receive what he has promised. Let's join together for prayer. Lord, I pray for a persevering grace in all of our lives. Many challenges in the world today that we are facing, many challenges against the church, sometimes even attacks against our faith. Make your people strong in this day and age. Give us the power of perseverance. I pray for every one of us that are going through a challenge today that we will decide this moment, we're going to persevere, we're going to get through this, we're going to pray our way through it, trust God through it, because we will receive everything you have promised in Jesus' name. Thank you for spending this time in the Word of God. I want to encourage you to share Dig Deep with your family and friends. 15 minutes of change a person's life, digging deep into the Word of God. Make sure you subscribe to my sermon podcast. Download the Mount Perrin app. Let's stay together. I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family for worship this Sunday. We got a great day planned on campus or online. God bless you. Have a great day. I trust the message has been an encouragement to you today. Remember to follow us on social media and connect with us at mountperrin.com. I'll see you right here next week for a fresh message from God's Word.